Empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers without borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go pack, go. Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. Welcome to Packers Without Borders. I am your co-host up here in Oak Bay, Manitoba, Canada. Matt Larson, I am joined, as always, by my good buddy down in El Paso, Texas. Bruce Edmonds, how are you doing today, Bruce? I'm smoking. You're smoking? I hope so. Oh, wow. I I hope I'm smoking, too. We've got a fantastic guest today. I know we've been pumping it up for a couple of weeks. And to be honest with you, it was fingers crossed. I am fangirling right now like you wouldn't believe. We have Jess Prylis, the invent, the the myth, the legend, the inventor of hardcore carnivore. Your barbecue rubs, Jess in Texas. How are you? Hey guys, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolute, absolute pleasure, pleasure, Jess. Let me tell you, it was it was probably about I'm going to say two three years ago. I was standing in my local barbecue shop, and you know I like to I like to try different rubs, anything, right? I mean. And, and realistically, almost every rub, it's almost like every barbecue sauce, there's like a base, you know, like 25 or 30% is always going to be salt, pepper, pe- you know, there's a base. And then after that becomes your, this is what makes it unique, mm-hmm. right? And I had the salesman come up to me, he said, Matt, what are you getting this week? He calls me Matt because I'm in there every week blowing more money than I should. But the rub that's where the that that's it's in the rub right the Shakespeare said that so he said uh, uh you gotta try this hardcore carnivore I said what what is this black stuff what is this this doesn't look very appealing he says it's activated charcoal I said activated charcoal why am I putting charcoal on something I'm gonna smoke he said dude you gotta try it try it one time and tell me what you think I'm addicted I'm addicted this awesome. is amazing stuff so of course now I have all of them. I have the red. I have the we the 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 barbecue shop finally had camel. It's usually all sold out, right? Really? Like cam- if you go to my barbecue shop, they've got hundreds of stuff, and then you see this space, and there's like one hardcore carnivore sitting in this space, right? And I and every time I go in, I go, "What happened?" He goes, "Dude, we can't even keep it on the shelf." He's like, oh "We stock God. it within a day or two; it's completely gone," and rightfully so. This stuff is like magic. Okay. Awesome. So this is, this, these are, these are my first questions. First, how did you get into this? How did, how did you become the hardcore carnivore? 
I I always loved like to me it's not a meal without meat. So I grew up eating meat. Loved you know my mum's lamb chops, and uh, it was actually my first trip to Texas. 15 years ago and I tried barbecue for the first time because we didn't have low and slow type cooking in Australia at that time. And it, I just remember so vividly that first bite and it was salty and smoky and peppery and barky and crusty and just delicious. It was a beef rib. And honestly, that single moment led to wanting to eat more barbecue, which led to wanting to understand how it was cooked. And then in wanting to understand how it was cooked, it was like, well, hang on, why does a brisket in Australia look nothing like a brisket in Texas? And that led me into a world of butchery. And so I kind of started sharing like this journey that online with people, recipes and things I was learning about me. And eventually I thought, you know, I don't have any plans to open a restaurant, but it would be really cool for people to taste what I think steak should taste like and should be seasoned like. Um, and I knew people were using activated charcoal at the time in a lot of other applications like beauty and health. And I thought it would be really interesting because one of the things that I struggled with the most at the very beginning when I was trying to learn how to cook the perfect steak was how to get a great like steakhouse style crust on it. And the charcoal is flavorless and odorless, but it's basically meat cosmetic. So it gives you this incredible contrast before you've even cooked it. And I just thought, you know, I don't know, maybe people will like this too. And here we are, you know, six years later, and we're in Australia, Canada, US, Ireland, Scandinavia, Brazil, Mexico. So it's gone all right. <laughs> Incredible. 15 years ago, you tried barbecue for the first time, and now you're at the top of the barbecue food chain. Thank Unreal. you. I mean, there's a lot of great people who make a lot of great barbecue, but it's, I really enjoy getting to share things with people just like my story, because then, you know, everyone getting to do what they love in their own homes, that's the valuable part. I love how humble you are about this too, because quite honestly, when I go to the barbecue place now, if there's no hardcore carnivore, I walk out <laughs> and I try, I try the next place and they've got shelves of stuff, baby Ricks and sweet baby, this guy and Tennessee, Terry, and you know, <laughs> all the gimmick names. I just walk right past him. Like you got the heart, it, nothing here. I know another guy on the other side of town. I'll be right back. Right. Well, you'll let me know after your, your local store and we'll try and, and keep them in better supplies specifically for you. Well, they, I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I also saw, okay. Uh, uh, you have a, a different line of clothing and I, I, one of the gentlemen that was on Twitter was wearing one of your hardcore card of our shirts and he sent me the link. And immediately my credit card was confiscated by my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a whole range of merch on our website too. And we actually have a lot of accessories. So we have a, like a brisket slicing knife, a trimming knife, disposable cutting boards, high heat gloves. And they're all things that in the same way as I developed Hardcore Carnival Black, you know, now there's like nine seasonings in the line. But all of the accessories we have are accessories that I used in my kitchen that I was happy to put my name on. So it's all been very strategic piece by piece. It's not been a, okay, we're starting a grilling brand. What needs to be in it? It's very honest, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, you know, I had to order once we started getting into this world, because I, I like cooking quite a bit. I like seasoning my own food and I've got a couple rubs. Like there's one here local, it's called Great American that I always use. It's a red, it's pretty good and you can put it on everything. And as soon as I got the charcoal, I was waiting for the chelada to come in because I'm big on chelada, 
the the spicy chili lemon kind yeah. of flavoring on that for for fish and we, I do a lot of fish so yeah. um it took about a week for it to come in so I had the charcoal I was like I'm going to try this on some uh chicken and I did a grilled chicken with that black charcoal and it was you're right it creates a nice little crust on the top of it so it seals the flavor in that meat when I was cutting into it, it was just juicy it was perfect and I was just like that's exactly what the rub is supposed to do right it's supposed to kind of lock in the flavors it was so good you know um a question for you as and we always quite honestly just through social media, see a lot of the struggles that women go through in these types of businesses. For you, how was your journey as a woman going into really what was, I guess, to a certain extent, a male-dominated world, right? I think more recently, after the in the past decade, it seems like women have done a really good job of um, making themselves stand out and, and being, I've got three girls, so I'm always looking for role models for my daughters to see. So kind of explain your journey as a woman through this, what type of support you received or what kind of helped you get through to, to get to where you are now? So it's interesting. I, I've never felt it, in our industry particular that there's been a problem or, or uh, you know, a deficit being a woman. It's been very open. I've not had anyone in barbecue ever say to me, what would you know about it? I mean, that's happened on the internet a bunch, but that's a whole different story to, you know, that sort of more familial vibe with people who are actually in your industry. And there, I made it my business to know what I was talking about. So I learned a lot. I never stopped learning. I've gone back to school studying meat science. Um, I, I made it my business to be an expert in the field. And so I deserve to be here because of what I know, not who I am. And I think that's important. Um, I think that there, are, you know, it would be stupid to not to not acknowledge that there have been some some opportunities that have come to me because I'm a woman. Like if people are looking for a diversity spread or something like that. But for every one of those, there's another opportunity that I've lost, also because I'm a woman. So maybe like, it's really really difficult to explain <laughs> to non females. But let me try. There's a cadence of things like, for example, like broing down with other celebrities or brands and like, hey, man, sick, sick brand. Yeah, thanks, dude. Let me send you some stuff. Well, you can't slide into people's DMs as a woman because you never quite know. Like there's there's just a little bit of an awkwardness of like what, what's happening here. So you can't really join the bros club as much. You know, it's very weird and it's very specific and it's very difficult to explain because it's a very subtle social construct. But I would basically say to answer the question, I, I like to tell people it's not about who you are, it's how qualified you are for the job. So just like focus on being a badass, focus for being really good at what you do. And and then, you know, the only person that's going to stop you is yourself because um, you can't Absolutely. be challenged if you know what you're talking about, really. You know, I, um, uh, I own a landscaping business, and so I've got several trucks that are running around. That's why I grabbed the phone quick. One of my newest uh, uh, employees called me, and it, 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 there is like a, a stigma, right? And, and it's sort of similar to your, you know, the bromance with the barbecue, with landscaping. You know, we hire any and everybody. If you could do the job, I don't care, man, woman, you know, black, white, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And 
I have a couple of crews that are led by women and I always get side eyes and I get, you know, you hear the comments from idiots and stuff. And I always think to myself, if you guys had an idea of how much more successful they're being than the guys, you would hire more women to do this, right? Like, and, and it's almost like, it's almost like some of us that are participating in this are kind of keeping it kind of under wraps because it's so it's like don't don't tell anybody because don't tell I'm, I'm, I'm getting yeah, yeah I'm getting away with murder right now right <laughs> don't tell anybody but yeah it uh, um you 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 brought up nine seasonings Jess and I'm a little concerned because I only own four. Right. So I, I have the, the the black, of course, running a little low on the black, right? Yeah. The red. Yeah. Got the red. I absolutely love the red, right? The the meat chilada. Uh huh. I find, I mean, and this is probably because I'm Irish. I find this has got a pretty good bite to it. So I kind of mix the red and the meat chilada Whatever, together. Whatever, dude. Come on, man. It's oh. actually super mild. I can. Oh, I is it? Like oh. Oh, is it? Oh, 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 woe is me, right? <laughs> I on like watermelon and cucumbers and stuff. Absolutely. That's what I did. I sliced up some cucumbers for the girls and some jicama and poured it on there for them. They are just chowing it down. Okay, so us, us Irish folks think salt and pepper is pretty spicy. Okay, okay? I got you. And, and then, of course, I got the camo the other day. Nice. What, what are the other five? So there's Amplify, which is kind of weird. It's like the redheaded stepchild just because people don't really understand how to use it. But I always tell them, you just have to taste it and you'll get it right away. It's a, it's a savory flavor dust. Is so that the mac and cheese one? Yeah. So it tastes like okay, a powder, I've, but it doesn't I've, have any dairy in it. It doesn't have yeah, any cheese in it. And I've had that one. With, yeah. It's made with chicken fat powder and umami flavors like soy. Just Yeah. You can use it on fries, popcorn. I put it on broccoli and roast it. Um, so that's that. Then there's a Tex-Mex. So Michelada is a true like chili lime, like an earthy chili lime. Tex-Mex is a straight like taco fajita seasoning. Um, okay. And we have a seasonal one that comes out around Thanksgiving called fried turkey, uh, which is a jalapeno, garlic, and sage. So you can use it to fry a turkey or you can use it in your stuffing. You can just add it to butter and make seasoned butter for your yeast rolls at the holidays. It just smells like the holidays when you open it up. And then we have jalapeno salt, Texas jalapeno salt, which is probably not for people who have Irish palates, according to Matt. <laughs> Let me tell you, so far it's like, I'm not buying that one. I'm not buying that one. Texas is spicy. <laughs> no, okay. Spicy. okay. And okay. then um, we just released a new one, which is called Sweet Barbecue. So. Red is really more about all-purpose seasoning, and yeah. uh, we didn't have any that had a very sweet flavor profile in the line, but that's, of course, what you reach for normally first when you're going for a pork butt or a rib, something like that. So we finally added it to the line. And what about barbecue sauces? Are you going to get into any barbecue sauces at all, or is that just a whole other animal? It, it is a whole other animal. Like I know I, I really like a sauce out of Kansas called Meat Mitch. That's really good. Um, and honestly, in Texas, we have a grocery store called HEB. They have some incredible private label stuff. Like we're super spoiled. So they have great barbecue sauce for like two bucks a bottle. And it's kind of hard to beat. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. 
So Jess, what's the process when you're talking about all these flavors? What is the process of you actually deciding what you're going to put into it? What your palate, what do you do? Do you have a team? Are you the one who obviously ultimately you make the decision, but what is it that you do to kind of decide what's going to go in there and come up with that final rub? So it, it is me. I personally develop all of them myself. Um, you know, a, after the first three that just kept doing well, it was like, well, you know, I'm onto something. And chances are, if people like your your version of the first one, they're probably going to like your version of the next one. So um, I stand in my kitchen with a little scale and a whole bunch of raw spices. And I have an idea of what I want to use. Um, and it's not as simple, you know, it, it, it's very complicated in terms of you can't just go to the grocery store and buy paprika because that might not be what your manufacturer is using. And, um, there's, there's, there is a big difference between where you're sourcing your seasonings, your, your ingredients from and how premium they are. So I just sit there like a mad scientist and blend until I'm happy with the final result. And then the biggest challenge with seasoning is, and it's kind of like a, a pet peeve of mine, you know, people often naturally will just be like, oh, okay, it's a high call carnival black and they'll take the lid off and they'll peel the seal off and they'll do a big pinch and taste it. Well, that doesn't taste anything like what it tastes when it's cooked. It actually completely morphs and changes as those compounds kind of develop with the heat application. And it tastes very, very sharp in its raw form and it tastes much more well-rounded in its cooked form. So it is a challenge when you're doing the blends because I do have to taste them as I go, but then I'm tasting a dry blend. <laughs> so once I'm okay with the dry blend, then you have to go into R&D of like, well, now how is it performing when it cooks? Does it stay on? Does the color stay? Um, is it, is it going to clump? They, they, they just do, unfortunately. Um, especially, you know, the more sugar you've got in like our latest sweet one, but that's, uh, that's the, the nature of the beast, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun time when we're developing new flavors for sure. So do you host events or have you got uh, barbecue events that you go to, or, uh, maybe you judge people's barbecues, anything like that? I do. So I, um, I used to do some barbecue judging many years ago. I don't so much anymore, mainly because competition barbecue is just so very different to the type of cooking that I do now. I'm mainly about like what people are making in their own homes and, and that's not the style that people are doing. So I do a lot of recipe development, um, for different companies like PK grills or Kingsford or Smithfield. Um, I do work with HEB here in Texas. So I'm constantly trying to think of different flavors to put together and develop recipes. I do classes. I do speaking engagements. Uh, I just was in San Diego speaking to a cattleman's conference. Next week, I'll be speaking at the Meat Science Association conference. The week after that, I'll be in Europe with the United States Meat Export Federation doing demos on cooking American steak in Europe. So... It, and then later this year in Sacramento, I'll be hosting the World Butchers Challenge. So it's some cooking, it's some classes, it's some speaking, it's some hosting. Uh, obviously, I'm always filming at home as well for social media to I'm on all the platforms that can get really exhausting. <laughs> so there's a lot. There's a lot that happens. Oh, and I'm running a company. So Oh, yeah. Just a just a company. Yeah. What? God forbid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, on the weekends, just right? A couple of couple of hours, like Sunday. Sure. 
<laughs> so what is your favorite thing to barbecue? To, to barbecue? To barbecue smoke. or smoke. What? Okay, let's start there. Do you like to barbecue or smoke? Okay, so uh, to me, barbecue and smoke are the same thing and grilling is different. Okay. Is that the Gr Grilling or smoking? So I prefer grilling just because of the instant gratification. <laughs> okay. So what's you your favorite? I love smoked foods, but I, I just, I love playing with that fire too, you know, like in moving those coals around and actively watching a sear develop. Barbecues, like, I don't have the patience. <laughs> I do, but I don't, you know. So what's your favorite thing to grill? I love, I love, beef is probably my favorite, like, protein. I love cooking a great ribeye steak. I love trying to experiment with cheaper cuts as well and, and see what we can turn those into. Um, but anything where I get to develop like a really nice crust, you know, there's that, that, that amalgamation of fire and meat and fat and sizzle. And, and that caveman kind of connection to nature and, Fire me good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So. I know uh, Bruce Bruce is a griller slash barbecuer. And I mean, I the only thing we do on the barbecue or grill anymore is uh, hamburgers, homemade hamburgers. I don't buy the prepackaged stuff. It's so much better. If you do the homemade ones, the kids just eat them like they're, you know, they're, like they're candy uh, or steaks. And then after that, I love my smoker. And I've been playing with, I mean, uh, uh, you know, hardcore carnivore and mesquite and then the uh, red with maybe some cherry wood and, you know, bouncing the flavors back and forth. Of course, with the brisket, you, you know, you, I, I soak it in the beer bath before and then you try and, you know, you kind of want a couple of different flavors to kind of pop out. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, that's kind of uh, uh, my favorite thing to do is to try and make the best part, of course, is smoking is, is you never do the same one exactly the same twice. Well, it's that's, a natural product. So it, you know, the product itself varies, the wood varies, the temperature outside varies. It's much less precise. I think that's why a lot of like very high end chefs like Michelin star chefs are quite fascinated with barbecue. I know, you know, I think Daniel Balloud, who's a very, very famous French-based chef, chef is uh, good friends with Billy Durney from Hometown Barbecue in Brooklyn mm -hmm. because those chefs that are so invested in precision and precision ovens that have a steam component and precision temperatures and plating with tweezers are fascinated by the consistency that barbecue joints are able to achieve with all of the variables that we just talked about. So it's really interesting. Hi, I'm Amy. I'm from Wichita, Kansas. I'm Alex Brown from the Derby City, Louisville, Kentucky. This is Alyssa from Los Angeles. All right, I'm Andy from Sheffield. This is Chris from Nova Scotia. Hey, this is Erin Alice from Indianapolis, Indiana. Hi, everybody. This is Hilmi from Turkey. I am Carla from California. G'day, this is Mel from Melbourne, Australia. This is Mick coming from Granger, Indiana. This is Soren again coming to you from Sweden. And this is Packers Without Borders. This is Packers Without Borders. Packers Without Borders. Packers Without Borders. Listen to Two Losers on Packers Without Borders. Thank you for listening to Packers Without Borders. You can catch us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, 
and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on patreon.com front slash Packers Without Borders for some exclusive content behind the scenes. Check out our merchandise on Public Packers Without Borders. Peace. Go Pack Go. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. We're listening to my dad and his friend Bruce on Packers without borders. Yeah, I'm a griller. I don't have a smoker. I've actually started to look at some just to kind of venture into that world a little bit. But I'm like you, Jess. I'm, I've am i got three kids I need to cook for my wife pretty quickly a lot of times on Sundays. And we're kind of chilling. So I just like throwing stuff on the grill. I actually have, um, in truth or consequences, a little bit north here of, of El Paso. There's a nice little town there that has some hot springs. And it's turned into this little artist haven. And there's a metal worker there. And he has, he created a, basically a tunnel. I'll send you a picture of it, but it's basically a wrought iron tunnel and it's a disco. So like the big, huge, you know, like a big, huge saucer. And what you do is you actually put the wood in there and there's a type of grilling in Mexico called discada where you put in bacon, onions, tomatoes, and you just kind of slowly put the meat and the different, you know, vegetables in there. And that's a lot of what I do too. That's my slow cooking. That probably takes about two or three hours, but that's about the level of commitment that I have to sitting around waiting for food to be ready. 5 a.m. I've got my smoker going by six. It's at temperature. The smoke is nice and clear. In goes the brisket. Back to bed I go. (laughs) (laughs) I like it because it's almost like a Thanksgiving turkey, right? Yeah. Yeah. You throw it in the smoker, you set it all, and you and it's like, hey, I come back in six hours, mm-hmm. right? I'll, I'll, let me check on it in six hours and see where I am. And the kids love it because it's this magical box on the deck, and it smokes, and the whole neighborhood is looking over, and what's Matt making now? And then dad's got leftovers for days, right? Yes, that's the best part, for sure. And, you know, and a lot of, I, I, I am noticing a lot of what I'm smoking has a different flavor the next day. So like if I smoke a full size chicken and we take it out and let it rest and you serve it and everything, it tastes great. But if you wait the next day, that smoke really sinks in and it is way different. How are you warming it the next day? Uh, Sometimes we throw it in the skillet with a little bit of a barbecue sauce. You give it just a quick little warm up. Sometimes we throw it on a cookie sheet. Like it depends on you know, what we're doing, right? If it's, uh, if it's chicken and it's been cooked all the way, sometimes we're just throwing it on some buns with a little mayo mustard and, uh, you know, that's about it. No salt and pepper. We're Irish. Is there a know? specific way you should reheat <laughs> the food? No, it's just sometimes when you reheat food and it's frequent with the microwave, but it's honestly with every application, the more you cook food, the more you get these different flavor compounds develop. And one of them is known as a warmed over flavor um which is actually the very first stages of oxidation or you know the meat starting to break down just start to turn um but there are people who really really like that flavor it's sort of you know it's like 
it's very, very most noticeable to people when you take meat out of the microwave and it, that smell kind of hits you. But there are people who love that aspect of it. Um, so yeah, it's 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 just it's interesting to always interesting to hear who prefers what. We don't use the microwave unless it's for you know popcorn or reheating you know day old pizza. Yeah, the oh, microwave I is the next day. Do you? Oh, okay, that's probably the Australian side of you. What part of Australian? Australia, are you from? I'm from Melbourne. From Melbourne. Mel is from Melbourne. Shout out to Mel, of course, is always listening in Melbourne, Australia. So uh, what made you leave Australia? What is it the spiders? Sorry, it froze. <laughs> oh, am I fro? No, I'm kidding. Is it was it the spiders that made you move from Australia? Oh, so it really, it was less about wanting to leave Australia and more about wanting to live in Texas. Like I really fell in love with Texas. Um, I moved here before I met my husband. Um, so it really was just for the love of the lifestyle and being close to the things that I was really enjoying, like, you know, hunting and trucks and barbecue and the, the culture obviously for cooking meat is much stronger here. Aussies don't hate me. Like Aussies have a great relationship with meat, but they did not have um, the obsession with barbecue and grills and multiple different types of grills or smokers has really only taken off in the past five years. So what I, I obviously being in Texas and of course it takes less time for me to get to San Diego than it does to get to Dallas from where I live in El Paso. But we have friends that live in Austin and my brothers went to uh, Southwest University. So I'm very familiar with that side of town. Love Fredericksburg. So in that kind of hill country area where, where you are in Austin, what is your favorite pit barbecue spot in that area? There's so many, honestly. I love... Uh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. We get a dollar for every place that she mentions. Let's <laughs> no. make sure... No, we don't. We don't get it. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Interstellar, Leroy <laughs> Lewis, Mickleway, uh, Valentina's, Style Switch. Like, that's the thing. I mean, I've been to, I've had great barbecue in El Paso too, mm -hmm. but it, it, it's, this is the epicenter. I mean, Houston's exploding now, Fort Worth's exploding, and mm -hmm. you, you can go and get, it's not just that there are barbecue restaurants here, they're great barbecue restaurants so it's hard to find shitty brisket in austin <laughs> i would go oh, to I, I know a couple have you have you been to bruce's Others. house no okay <laughs> hey buddy wait till i cross them out yes i'm waiting i'm waiting for you to cook for me i will wait right here so uh, up in canada of course uh you know it snows uh, 11 months out of the year so it is always just absolutely frozen up here no i, I maybe only six months but mm -hmm. uh up here the only barbecue that we really have and i'm going to give it a shout out to a local guy it's called danny's whole hog and mm -hmm. they do the whole hog and they would mm -hmm. do it in this great big it's like an old 50 gallon drum or whatever you know type thing and this hog sits in there smoking for i don't know a week or so i don't know what he does right but and that was kind of like our barbecue here mm -hmm. and then we had uh, Tony Romas showed up and that sort of thing. We we're always lagging behind, right? It's almost like we go, go ahead, Americans, try it, and we'll see the side effects before we, you know. So <laughs> now we have this place called uh, uh, Willie's Smokehouse, and mm -hmm. I guess he's from the states somewhere, right? And it's a, now a franchise up here. 
but it, it's now starting to become one of those huge things. And everybody's got their quote unquote secret rub recipe. Well, I can tell you Willie Smokehouse, and I'm going to name it too. It's on Regent Avenue. Willie Smokehouse has got hardcore carnivore back there because when I went to the bathroom, I stuck my head in the kitchen. That's awesome. <laughs> and I was like, that that's awesome. hard, that's hardcore red right there. And the guy was like shutting the door on me. I'm like, you bastard. <laughs> I knew I tasted it. I was like, well, this tastes familiar, right? Have you have you uh have you uh gotten a lot of requests from different restaurants maybe that want to use this? We do. We have a few. Oftentimes, like a lot of places like to make their own just to have a signature sort of thing. Um, we definitely sell food service sizes. We even have a customer down in Colombia that orders black like crazy for their steakhouse. It's nuts. It's that's really cool though. Um, so yeah, it, it's it, it's definitely at some places, but oftentimes like that's the thing they won't tell you because <laughs> they don't want people to know the secret. So sometimes we don't even find out about the places that are using the stuff that well. As soon as somebody says it's a secret recipe, I'm like, now I have to have it. Like, I'm going to go through your garbage bins until I have it. You understand this, right? <laughs> so, Jess, what are three different tips that you would give somebody that wants to get into grilling or smoking or barbecue? Because it is a little bit intimidating when you first want to start, right? So what, is, what, what are kind of some tips and tricks that you would want to give somebody who's wanting to really get into this? So... Uh, the first is to get a good meat thermometer. That's going to be your secret to meat cookery until you're confident enough to do it without. And it took me years to not use a thermometer. And even now I still use it for food safety. So using a meat thermometer will tell you exactly for grilling, especially when your meat is medium rare, 135 or rare, medium rare, medium, whatever you want to hit it at, it's related to a certain temperature. So um, also for pork and chicken, it can tell you what the safe temperature is. So you know for sure that you've hit the safe temp, but you're not going to overcook any more than that. Um, and so that would be number one. Number two is practice will make perfect. I was one of those people who was intimidated as well. And it's, it's very difficult to understand, you know, how to light, how to keep that heat. And oftentimes we don't want to waste it on a $75 brisket. So, you know, charcoal is relatively inexpensive. Um, a great way to start. I know it seems so silly, but honestly, for your very first time, there's nothing wrong with practicing using like even tortillas or white bread or something like that. You will learn how quickly where your hot spots are, you will learn, you know, just try toasting bread. I know, I know it sounds crazy, but if you, nothing will teach you faster about like, oh, wow, that's hotter than I thought, or, oh, I've gone to flip it and it doesn't have a mark yet. And then, you know, if you do that with your steak, the same thing will happen. Mm -hmm. um, so there are ways that you can practice using less expensive ingredients, but ultimately your, uh, practice is going to make you, is going to be your best friend. It, it really, that's why a lot of these pit masters or people who work in barbecue joints, especially here in Texas, you know, they're, they're getting paid for someone else to pay for the raw ingredient for them to cook 50 briskets a day. You learn pretty fast when you're just doing that over and over and over and over again. Anything that you repeat, you eventually get really good at. And then the last thing is, 
especially for folks who have been struggling just with meat cookery at home. Um, I think that a lot of us, this, these were my pain points when I started out. A lot of us get frustrated again by that lack of sear or why doesn't it look the same. Um, know that your stove at home is not the same as a restaurant stove. It doesn't have the same power in the gas ring um, or, or even, at, you know, that's the pro that's one of the, the problems with propane grills too. You're limited by the power of that propane grill. With charcoal, you can pile up all your coals and control your heat. So oftentimes I find people are cooking over two low heats to get the results that they want for those like really perfect sears. Um, and, and just keep at it, you know, it, there's so much that I've learned along the way that, you know, I wish I could just, I do tell people, I mean, that's what I try and tell them on social media and, and on my website, like a, a lot of the stuff that you see even in videos is, is nearly enhanced in some way too, you know, where they skip to, to the part where they're wiping a knife along it to show you that it's crispy but it's not actually crispy because if you know what you're looking at you can kind of tell you know so uh i guess practice makes perfect is going to be the best thing i can tell you which i am sure is super frustrating but nothing will will learn you better than your own experience how do you you know i i found and i'm curious to see if, if you think the same way i found that meat selection like the cut and the type is very important. I, I, I remember when I first started and I got my first barbecue and you move out on your own, you know, this was I don't know, when I turned 18, this was what, 65 years ago. So I, I found that if I went to the butcher and it was like, oh, he's got a sale on steaks. A lot of times those aren't the steaks you want. Yeah, it, it, it depends, right? Because, well, I always tell people buy the best meat you can afford. But realistically, you know, if we're talking just about beef, for example, in America, you've got a select choice and prime, and then some Wagyu, for example, goes above prime. Your best eating experience is going to be the higher the grade, because that means it's got more fat in it. We know fat is flavor. It can also contribute to tenderness, so on. Um, but some of the, you can make great carne asada tacos using select beef if you know how to treat it and if you cut it thinly enough it depends on what you're cooking you can't buy a london broil and expect it to eat like a ribeye i think that's more it um so for me personally like i never order filet because i don't like i don't i don't like the texture versus the lack of flavor like it's not beefy enough for me i would rather have a little bit more chew and flavor in my meat but that's very personal as well you know down here especially um we have a lot of cuts that are you find in a lot of Mexican butchers and they're, they're tougher cuts and they're designed to be grilled and kind of get charred around the edges. And, and they're not tender, 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 like pull, pull the bone out tender, but they have this great texture and flavor to them, but there will always be people who will just not enjoy that eating experience, you know, cause they want like a, a braised chuck roast kind of thing. So uh, it, it, it does matter. The size of the meat also matters. Like you can't expect to buy a quarter inch steak and be able to cook it medium rare. Like you at that point, you're just up against it. You know, there's, it's like they tell you buy, you want your brisket of a minimum size, otherwise it's going to turn into leather. So it does make a difference. 
the only the only thing I know about brisket at a proper size is is one time uh, I went to my uh, um, I went to my butcher my my local butcher is really good because of the amount of times I'm in there I, my family's the exact same way we have meat with breakfast meat with lunch meat with dinner every single day there's you know my wife is constantly going you know a salad would be nice I'm like throw some steak in there or maybe a little bit of chicken and I'll eat that right but uh, uh, my 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 butcher um, I went there and I said hey I, I, I want a brisket we're gonna do a brisket this weekend and he says I got a great deal on this thing do you want it and he brings it out it was like a freaking doormat the thing was like 12 pounds right I'm like oh my god what am I going to do with this thing? Right. He says, I'll tell you what, he goes 60 bucks all yours. I'm like, I'm in, right. I'm in. That's like $200 worth of brisket. I'll take it for 60 bucks at a nice half inch, you know, three quarter inch fat cap on the top. I took it home. I got it all ready. I did the beer bath. And then I sat down to do my calculation to how much to smoke it. And it was like 31 hours. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Right. But that's like a, really interesting, Matt, because most briskets down here, you want them in the 14 to 15 pound range. Like that's what we're buying down here. We trim a little bit of the fat off, but, um, it, and that again speaks to how people like to cook their, their briskets and like them to taste. I, I, you know, brisket in Alabama from big Bob Gibson's is going to be nothing like brisket in Texas. Very different, even though it's the same cut. But having said that he, you know, they probably make pulled pork way better than we could ever dream to here. He's a world champion at it, you know, so there, there wow. is some regionality to it too. You haven't tried mine yet. And that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So they you really use 12 pound briskets? Like what? Are that, you... That's on the small side for us. Are you serious? How many people are you feeding? Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You're in Texas, buddy. Two. I can tell, like, belt sizes and waists. Yes. Yeah. Jeepers, yeah. creepers. Like, I cut that bad boy into three, right? And wow. I was like, okay, so now it's four pounds per. How long is that? Oh, seven hours. That sounds great, right? <laughs> I can do seven. 31? No. I'm not going to okay. leave this thing smoking on my deck for 31 hours. The fire that's department's going to come. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, I've got work. <laughs> you know, like I can't I can't do this so have you got I know that uh, uh, uh the the camo uh is for uh more of a gamey like a uh, maybe a turkey or maybe a uh, prairie chicken that sort of thing do you know what a prairie chicken is no am I see I bring up these Canadianisms all the time and Bruce just looks at me like what the hell have you what ever heard the saying a prairie chicken, you know, the little pheasants, a pheasant. Yeah, I know what a pheasant is. That's a prairie chicken. That's okay, what we call them it. up here, a prairie chicken. All right, nice. Okay, same thing, right? Same thing to us, right? I say these things all the time. Bruce goes, you're making this shit up. I'm like, no, man. Explore Always. the world. Explore the world. <laughs> be, be a little educated. So have you got, what's your, what's your favorite fish recipe? I, so I'm not great with seafood because it's not my favorite protein. We I use camo mainly on deer and lamb. Okay. So, okay. But I know a lot of people use it on pork and really love it. Um, my husband catches redfish and sea trout when he goes to the coast. And I'll use usually michelada on that. Um, 
I like doing whole snapper on the grill really good too but I I just I don't know to me it's just it's not as versatile as land animal meat I guess fish like there's real you're either kind of like whole or filet or nothing you know like you're not going to have a, a a ground fish patty you, I mean a, you could have a fish burger it does not sound like the world's funnest thing but fish tacos are amazing fish tacos are that's amazing. true actually but they're, they're grilled or fried yes well so I will chime in here so sea bass or some of that you know that thicker meated fish what I do is I'll take a banana leaf mm -hmm. and season you know put some butter olive oil in there do a little bit of lemon zest and some garlic chunks in there and then fold it up in there and throw it on the grill and it's almost are you giving but are you it's giving Jess Prilus a recipe on fish I'm just telling you if you want to do I'll fish because join fish us join us hard. tomorrow when we tell Wayne Gretzky how to shoot no fish. no just <laughs> fish is is not it's not very versatile on the grill so that's one of the things a friend of mine from Ecuador showed me with the with the banana leaves because you still get a little bit of the char through the leaf but it doesn't actually kind of destroy the protein so you don't overcook it so apparently wrapping it in the banana leaf keeps it moist so that's kind of the way that I try to grill fish because when I try to grill it straight on there it just it, it doesn't work that so. would be really cool actually I could see how that would work for sure sweet any uh, uh tips and tricks or secrets that you've been withholding from us here Jess spill it now I, I don't have <laughs> secrets I tell everyone everything about cooking we can Dude. tell from your website you've got a lot of really great recipes on there that you've shared um and we'll we'll make sure to let people know is there one specific recipe for brisket that you would want to point people towards that you could say hey look here's kind of a trick with with briskets that you can do and here's where you can find this recipe yeah on my website i actually have an article called how to cook a brisket and no it's not a recipe because it talks about all the different steps of like how to choose it how to trim it what you want to look for, why you rest it. And it gives you like these basic building blocks of just understanding for you to then go out and try it without being like, cook it for this long till it hits this temperature. Because although that works for some folks, most people don't have a formula. Like barbecue is ready when it's ready, you know? So it, it's, it's, it's very nebulous. So that I, was I recommend that. That was perfect. That just shot down all of our recipes for the last three weeks, all in one sentence there. That's Hi. that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Awesome. There is. Well, I guess even though I've talked a lot about grilling, there's a lot of barbecue smoking recipes on my <laughs> website, obviously. Yeah. Like I still do a lot of stuff on the smoker. I'm making ribs tonight. So you you will find there's hundreds of recipes there. I have a cookbook called Hardcore Carnivore out. There's recipes in there too, because that's what cooking is for. Um, <laughs> where is your website how do we find it uh jesspriles.com is my site and then the seasonings at hardcorecarnivore.com and where do we get your t-shirts at hardcorecarnivore.com but even if you okay. go to my website and you hit shop it'll take you there so I they're all interconnected you'll you'll find your way perfect perfect anything else Bruce you got uh no I'm just in awe it's just honestly yeah. Like, as I did my research on you, Jess, because obviously I had heard of you and then Matt always was yapping about you and your hardcore carnivore constantly. I was like, all right. And I went in there and it's just, it is, um, 
in just a few words, it is very impressive what you've done with your career and with your life. Um, you are it's someone even, to look up to, dead serious. It's even, I mean, more, it's even more impressive that 15 years ago is when you tried barbecue. I mean, I've been barbecuing for a little bit longer than 15 years, and I'm not hitting any stride that looks anything like the hardcore carnivore line. So you've just submerged yourself and it, yeah, it is completely, completely impressive. Thank you so much. I, I do appreciate hearing that. It, it's, I will say it has involved a lot of hard work and dedication, but that, that's not a problem when you're truly passionate about, about the thing that you're working in. And I think that that's key as well. Absolutely. You wake up every morning and if you can work at what you enjoy doing, it's not work at that point, right? I mean, it, it's, exactly. it's hard, it's difficult, but you enjoy it. hundred percent. Definitely. So uh, second part to this is your husband around and may we speak with him? He, he's not, he's, he's at the warehouse right now, but I can't. Terrible. Do you want me to Terrible. dial him in on the phone? Ter yes. We have some pecker questions okay, for your husband. Yeah. Call him and say, listen, uh, these guys, I don't know how, but they're on the front lawn. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Hey, Tell them that's Hey, babe, I'm on a podcast with the guys from Packers Without Borders. And they have some questions for you. So I'm going to put you on speaker. Hang on. All right. Hit it. Hello, oh. sir. He said hello. Hello. There he is. How are you feeling this year about our wide receiver group? Oh, uh, losing Devontae was a killer, man. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But he bought a house in Vegas last year in the summertime. I mean, they offered him more money than he was get, he's getting in, in, in Oakland. So this was a done deal. We have to move forward. This is like finding your ex-girlfriend, you know, finding your girlfriend and she's been hanging out with her ex and – She's now staying there on the weekends. Trust me, buddy. It's over. So now that Adams has moved on and we're all going to move on, how do you feel with the Sammy Watkins, the Christian Watson, Cobb, Dobbs, Rogers? What do you uh, think? Come on. Sa Sammy's the man. He was, he's been the man for the last couple of years. Him, Lazard, Cobb's back again. I'm excited. Good. Uh, what uh, now? When the Packers beat the Saints, because that happens a lot. Not last. Is, <laughs> how'd that work out for you last year again, Jess? That was pretty good. The one win, I guess, yeah. so you could celebrate with the Vikings. So, when the Packers beat the Saints, how much animosity is in the house? Like, are you able to still leave socks on the floor, or is it like you're doomed? You know, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Uh, it, there is some animosity, but the, the relationship that Jess and I have, it's, you know, she's understanding that the Saints are really not going anywhere. <laughs> hey, buddy, she, she, is, she is nodding her head in agreement right now with you. Oh, relax, Jess. Drew Brees will come back and throw for four yards again. So uh, in, in, in my house, my wife is a Seahawks fan. Mm -hmm. So I still get the overtime losses in the playoffs. I still get those thrown up. 
it's like when she, you know, she's like, oh, I guess I forgot to do this. And I go, ha, you forgot. And she's like, yeah, Brandon Bostick, right? And then it's just silent in the house for like two days. <laughs> I told them about you having to wear that uh, Saints jersey that looked like a scuba suit on you. Oh, yeah. Well, the nice thing about that is that it doesn't happen very often. Uh, yeah, but it did last <laughs> year, so... And there it is. The fight has pursued. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, uh, you know, go pack, go. Uh, if you're ever in the uh, neighborhood, uh, jump on, uh, shoot the breeze with us. We're uh, always talking Packer stuff and uh, always uh, talking idiot jokes. If you've ever listened to the uh, podcast before, uh, the uh, first time we have a guest on, we play it straight laced and uh, we don't mess around. The second time a uh, guest comes on, we play games like uh, meteorologist or porn star, you know, <laughs> things like that. Have you have you heard? I guess you guys haven't. If you go through some of our old podcasts, have a gander to one of those. They're great games. You can't tell if it's an, a legitimate meteorologist or a legitimate porn star just by their name. Fantastic game. Bruce is really good at uh, sex act or pirate ship. I like I like one here in Texas called high school or prison because I feel like often in the small towns they'll look like. Oh, that's a great one. Why high don't school. give me ideas, Jess? I have to deal with this on a weekly basis <laughs> now. At least we're moving away from sex stuff for a week. So yeah, well, sorry to interrupt your flow. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> wow yeah it's a great interview well you did interrupt their form they, they were in perfect harmony <laughs> when you started painting them against each other yeah well you know i like to see that animosity between you know couples like that because it happens in my house and the anger is real okay <laughs> <laughs> no we don't, it's not allowed to last more than 24 hours that's how it works it's game day only. It's right. game day only. That's right. I've, I've converted everybody. My wife is from Mexico, so she had no interest in football until she showed up and she fell in love with Brett Favre. And then she thought Aaron Rodgers was really good looking, loves Clay Matthews, loves just, you know, the way they look. Like she was in love with Zadarius last year. Those are the jer – she gets the jerseys of the guys that she likes. She thinks um, – that our coach is extremely attractive, stuff like that. But she dresses up, and she's she's a legit fan, but there's no animosity here. They've all converted to Packer fans, thankfully, in my household. What were you saying, Chris? Oh, I was just saying that you shut it down pretty quickly after after the after Packers win, you shut it down. After a Saints win, it lives on for a couple days. Yeah, I've noticed that, too. I've <laughs> noticed that, too. When there's a Seahawks win, it seems to be a whole bloody season of listening to it when there's a Packers win, she's like, okay, yeah, you got it. Shut up. To <laughs> <laughs> it 20, 22 years together, right? 22 years ago, we both said I do and haven't agreed on a single thing since. Well, that that's the part that matters. So that's <laughs> exactly it. Jess, it has been an absolute pleasure yeah, as I me, have. Let me, let me, let me, let me go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let them go. Let them go. Get them out of here. <laughs> go pack go yeah go pack go there you go perfect yeah. jess is it it has been an absolute pleasure i've been 
fangirling for the last couple of weeks. I am, I mean, as you can see, I'm yeah. a huge fan. Huge well, fan of your product. Tremendous disappointment for you. Except <laughs> for the Saints, everything else was perfect, right? <laughs> yeah. And the best are the are the are the skulls in the background there. I mean, it doesn't get too much more Texas. And then you got a smoked meat. Well, brisket. I also ate all of them. Does that Did get you? better? Oh. <laughs> Poor Bambi. Yeah. Poor Bambi. No, that's that's got more. What is that? One, two, three, six point in the middle. Yeah. The one in the middle is a sandbar deer. Oh. Yeah. So he's a, big, he's a big boy. And then there's a nine point buck. And then there's a irregular spike. So he's got that one going out. Yep. Side. Yep. Well, that one deserved to die. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> he, he was delicious because he was young. <laughs> I was going to say that it looks like there was no waste gone there. It was just completely cleaned down to the bone. Yeah, processable and, and they become chili all winter. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. I'm not a hunting guy myself when I can just go to the end of the street and get a bucket of chicken. There's no reason for me to have to go fend for myself. But uh, um, let us know where we can catch you on uh, the social medias, uh, Twitter, Instagram, that sort of thing. Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, YouTube. It's at Jess Priles. And then you can also follow at Hardcore Carnivore too if you want more of that stuff. This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another. Try and love each other. And go Pack Go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego.